Right, it's Carl here from Games, Brains and Headbanging Life, GBHBL.com for short, and I am here with Nate Garrett, vocals, guitar, bass player of heavy metal band Spirit Adrift. Nate, it is a pleasure to speak with you. How's your day been? Been all right, man. Uh, just been doing a few interviews, promoting the, uh, the new album, so I am, I'm in the zone for sure. Thanks for having me. No worries. Yeah, of course, obviously, you're now at that period where it's all press, press, press in the lead up to um, the album. Do, do you enjoy this side of things? Do you enjoy interviews and having to effectively repeat the same answers over and over again? Uh, historically speaking, yeah, I do actually. Um, I enjoy talking about music and, and what, what inspires our music and that sort of thing. I will say that... Uh, this press cycle has been way, way more intense than any that I've ever done in the past. But uh, yeah, by and large, I enjoy talking to people about music and, and that sort of thing. No, that's fair enough. When you say intense, is that, is that do you think, is that related to obviously the central media uh, links now? Yeah, I think so. Because it's been, uh, over here in the States, it, it's been pretty pretty relentless, uh, which is good. Mm. But in Europe and, and South America, which is where Century Media is, uh, those territories fall under their umbrella. Yeah. It's, it's been like crazy. So uh, yeah, I definitely, I see a difference with Century Media being involved for sure. It must be kind of exciting then and, uh, from your perspective as it, I guess it's reality is beginning to hit that you're becoming a bit more of a worldwide name. Yeah, it's cool. You know, we've uh, we've only been a live band since May of 2017. Mm. Before that, it was a solo project uh, starting in 2016 when we released our, our first material. Um, and we've only done one European tour, and that was last year, uh, September of last year. And uh, I mean, that was probably my favorite tour that we've done. Yeah. Uh, partially because I, I was able to relinquish a lot of my responsibilities. Of usually I'm doing merch and doing a lot of the driving and booking the hotel rooms and this and that and singing and playing. And so, you know, uh, <laughs> that European tour, I was not driving. I was not doing merch. I was not responsible for uh, room and board uh tour managing any of that stuff so it, it was really cool man and the shows were great the uh the response was just really overwhelmingly positive and uh, it seemed like our music was really resonating with people so i i feel like europe and the uk and uh maybe even south america and japan and those markets are are like the key audience mm. for this band. I feel like metal never went away in those in those places. It got big, it peaked in the 80s, and then it just stayed big and uh, <laughs> never really went away. Whereas here in the States, I feel like it, it kind of, um, it's had its its ups and downs right now. And I feel like right now it's kind of in a, in a lull, which we're trying to, we're trying to correct that as hard as we can. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because a, a kind of like a basic view is when you think of America, you think of stadium rock bands, a la Bon Jovi or Aerosmith. When you think of places like the UK, you think of Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, you know? Yes, I do know. I do know. And I, <laughs> I have a very strong preference between mm -hmm. those bands that you just, just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course you do. But obviously 2020 has been a bit of a rough year 
putting it mildly. How, how have you been holding up throughout the entire year? I've been okay, man. Uh, my wife and I had a, a pretty significant personal tragedy at the beginning of the year. We had to put down our dog, which was very unexpected. Oh, so that, oh, thanks. Yeah, that, that was actually way more of a challenge for me personally than the COVID thing has been. Mm. Uh, and even still, I, I think, uh, you know, when I think about the dog, some days that can be uh, more of a personal challenge than the COVID situation. I've actually, uh, I, I'm grateful to be in a position where I'm able to handle the the pandemic uh, pretty well, actually. As I mentioned earlier, we're, we're kind of out in the woods. We have a yeah. little bit of land. We have two new puppies who are awesome. Um, I'm, I'm fully set up and isolated to write and demo songs, which I have been doing. I've mm -hmm. been doing long distance musical projects. I've made some friends in this small town that we live real close to. Uh, one guy has a recording studio. Awesome. I've befriended the, the record store owner who has been, you know, selling Spirit of Drift records that I give him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it, it you know, I, it's all about perspective. Like I could sit here and, and focus on the fact that uh, our tour with COC didn't happen and got moved to next year. Our tour with Orange Goblin isn't going to happen and got moved to next year. Hmm. We had a bunch of really cool stuff in the works that nobody ever heard about that all got either canceled or rescheduled. I could sit here and, and say, woe is me and all that, but it, it wouldn't feel right considering there's people like losing family members and losing their jobs and their businesses. Uh, so I can't complain, man. My wife and I are healthy. I'm staying active with music. I, I have this album, which I'm so proud of that I get to promote and talk to people like you with. And uh, yeah, I can't complain, man. I, we're getting through it. I, I'm figuring out ways to, to monetize uh, my time via music too, which is, that's the ultimate goal for my life. So we're getting through it, man. That's as positive as you can be. And it's um, very uplifting to hear. And do you kind of consider the early days of the band, as you say, when it was a solo project, as a kind of good setup for what, you cut, what we're going through these days, you know, the studio-only side of things? Yeah, man. Um, you know, used to... I, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because <laughs> there's a new model. There's a new model for metal bands and rock bands. And if <laughs> you look at a lot of the a lot of the most uh, lauded and successful up and coming metal bands are kind of like solo studio projects that turned into real bands. Absolutely. Uh, and it, I, I, put, I put Spirit Adrift in that category as well. You know, back in the day, if you wanted to make a record, because of the limitations of technology, you had to have a band. You had to have someone that played drums and guitar and possibly second guitar and bass, et cetera, et cetera. And you all had to play at the same time in the mm -hmm. studio. Um, now you don't, you don't have to do that. I still think that in a lot of ways, that's a superior way of doing things because you get a real chemistry that, that you don't really get when you do everything separately. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I think people are figuring out like, Oh, if I can play drums and guitar and bass and sing, why not just like make the record myself? And then if people like it, I can get some guys and teach them the songs. And, and you know, that's what happened with Spirit of Drift. And yeah. it's, uh, 
I would say that Marcus is is a you know a full fledged member of the band now. He and I are are the core of the band, and we've just figured out a system that works really well. And we're proud of the music that we make. And uh, you know, one day I would like to record an album live with a full band. I think that would be really cool. But for this pandemic situation, we kind of have a a perfect situation. Yeah, you really do. And it's incredible. Uh, when you talk um, about it, its origins and the beginning and how short a time, it has been a phenomenal rise. So a forced choir 2020, do you think that's kind of beneficial for you both, both you and Marcus, as a chance, I guess, to take a breather? Yes. I Man, I'm so glad you asked me that in that way because so many people are like, what are you guys going to do when the record comes out? And I'm like, <laughs> nothing. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we, uh, we have a, uh, uh, we're doing a live stream yeah. on uh, Saturday, October 17th. So the day after the record comes out uh, on Century Media's YouTube channel, there will be a live stream of us playing some new songs and some old songs. Hmm. It's free. Uh, I think it's 10 o'clock. Berlin, Germany times so CEST, 10 p.m. October 17th. So look for that. Yeah. Uh, other than that, dude, like you said, you know, I, I recorded the first Spirit of Drift stuff in 2015. Since then, every single waking moment and quite a bit of non-waking moments, <laughs> I've been completely consumed with music. And I've I've missed a lot of the most significant events in my own life, or I've only been halfway present for them. Uh, I had to, my, my other band had to cut a tour in half so that I could go get married. Ooh. Because, yeah, I mean, when my, when my wife and I got engaged and we were trying to set a date, we both just kind of laughed because we were like, no matter what date we set, there's going to be a tour or something <laughs> happening. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Uh, so, you know, we, we moved down here to Texas. We, we lost our dog in January. We moved down here to Texas in March. We're really trying to get integrated into the community and the scene down here and really appreciate the beautiful surroundings that we're in. Um, mm. We're trying to uh, get some of our family down here, uh, which involves some juggling of real estate and, and this and that. So when the album comes out, I'm going to, completely focus on my personal life kind of disappear into the woods until until it's time to perform at which point as soon as they let us we'll we'll be on tour for sure it is it sounds well deserved thank you man <laughs> yeah i'm i'm happy i'm happy i get to kind of chill out for for a few months finally <laughs> well of course right now though it is the build the release of the fourth album, Enlightened in Eternity. Where's your head at now? Where now that we're, we're effectively one week away from release? Um, man, as of today, actually, all of the last minute uh, big projects that I've had, uh, I've had a lot of plates spinning mm. and a lot of irons, uh, and a lot of irons in the fire uh, because of the fact that we can't perform live and we can't tour from the beginning of the promo cycle, I was just brainstorming all day long, every day. What can we do? 
what can we do in lieu of touring uh, mm. to promote this album, to get this album the attention that it deserves, to make sure that it doesn't just come out and die because there's no touring. Um, and I, as always, I took on way more than I meant to. Mm. And uh, it was pretty stressful there for a minute because <laughs> I, I managed the band uh, and, and, you know, we're in a weird phase where we're probably uh, busy enough and have enough uh, enough attention and enough uh, people are are asking us to do things that we should have management. Mm -hmm. But we right now in the current situation, we might not. It might not be a great idea for us to give twenty percent of our income to somebody. So it's it's a tricky situation for me because it's a lot to handle. Yeah. Um, but as of yesterday, pretty much every big project is finished. Uh, actually, I, I delivered everything to Century Media today. So today I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling like very, very relieved that everything that needed to happen before the album came out has happened. And of course, even though I wanted it to be done a month before the album came out, here we are a week before the album came out, but we got it done. So wow. that's all right. So yeah, you really are getting, you are drawing the lines underneath these bit by bit then. Yeah, absolutely. And what about musically, like in regards to how you wrote this album, have you moved on mentally from it at this stage? Well, yeah, cause I wrote the songs in uh, the spring of 2019 mm. and, and recorded the, the very first versions of the demos uh, back then. And I wrote this whole album during a, a pretty brief but a much appreciated window where I was really feeling happy and doing well. And ha I had a lot of inner peace. And uh, I think that's reflected in the material. Mm. But then, you know, shortly thereafter, a lot of personal turmoil and, uh, and everything that's going on with the world and you know, this upcoming election, which, which we're just being inundated with uh, constant negativity and doom and gloom and apocalyptic warnings and, and every negative thing that you could be, you know, just overwhelmed by. Yeah. Over here in the States, for sure, we're just being like beaten over the head with negativity. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely in a different a different space. I just feel, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel necessarily like depressed or, or anything like that. I feel like, uh, like a lion that's just covered in scars mm -hmm. and battle wounds that, that is just like determined to keep going forward. That's, that's kind of how I feel. So I'm still, you know, writing music, I have about 10 or 12 new songs demoed since the pandemic. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I feel a lot of peace despite what's going on. Uh, mm -hmm. And I just feel, I feel very accomplished. I'm super proud of the new album and I'm, I'm really excited about the new songs that I have too. So I just, I feel like very battle worn, but determined to get through it. Well, it's interesting when you talk about the positive uh, feelings that this writing of this new album has given you, because you only have to hear it to kind of get that. A number of words 
jump out when I, I've been listening to it all day. Bombastic, triumphant, monumental, a positive ode to heavy metal throughout the years. Clearly, you were aware of all of this while you were doing it, right? Absolutely. I thank you, by the way. That's really cool to hear. And uh, I'm flattered. And, and that means that I'm doing my job. Um, mm. Yeah, the first song that I wrote was the opening track, Right Into the Light. I didn't even mean to write a new album. I really didn't even want to write a new album because I was pretty, uh, pretty worn out from the mm. whole process of the, the previous album, which was quite a daunting yeah. thing that I put myself through. But uh, yeah, I picked up a guitar and I, I think I wrote um, the little tappy ACDC kind of thing. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, you know, I, we haven't started an album with just bam right out of the gate like super epic tapping like over the top just unapologetically metal song mm. uh and i was like let me let me just write a song that's like just unquestionably metal as fuck <laughs> and there's no there's no like uh mistaking what it is there's no pretense about it and just celebrate everything that's badass about really heavy powerful triumphant metal and so that song came together and of course with that goal in mind i wanted some lyrics that reflected those themes as well and so i just kind of had a vision of uh you know the last album being this dark painful process yeah but this album this album being like uh the spoils of victory and and being more of like a an enjoyable thing for myself personally so the lyrics started coming together and then the cover art started coming together too i was like well if the if the last album was all about war and violence and anger so it's like we're leaving behind the ruins of a battle mm. basically and we're we're riding away and we're riding into the light and so the riffs and the lyrics and the cover art and the album title all kind of organically came together as I was working on that first song. And that balance, you know, trying to get that balance of what is classic metal tropes, so to speak, and modern headbangers. So you're not rooted solely in the past, but it's clear that that, that might influence the record. Is that a balance that you find you found easy to get? Yeah, because um, I don't really have any interest in rehashing old things i my interest is more kind of uh i've used the mike tyson metaphor in okay. the past uh and i haven't talked about this in this album cycle so I'll, I'll bring it up again so mike tyson when he was first learning how to box he he was training obviously but one thing he would do he was obsessed with old film Okay. Uh, so he found an archive in New York City of pretty much every boxing match that had ever happened that was on film. Wow. And he he started at the beginning and he watched all the greatest boxers and he picked up on things that were really effective uh different techniques and he he would he would find common threads between a lot of the most successful boxers and incorporate those techniques into his arsenal. Mm. But of course, none of those guys were Mike Tyson. 
oh. only Mike Tyson was, was Mike Tyson. Yeah. yeah um, so he, uh, he studied what worked and what made these guys so successful, but he took those tools, he incorporated it into his own arsenal, his own personality, his own life experience, uh, his own personality. And then he, he made his own style. And I feel like that's what I'm doing or trying to do with metal. I, I'm studying all the greats and I'm uh, not even just bands, also producers and arrangers like Martin Birch and Tom Malam and uh, even Rick Rubin, guys like that. All the greatest songwriters, even outside of metal, like Tom Petty, uh, Roger Waters, whoever. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what makes music uh so powerful that people want to listen to it 50 years after it came out and i'm taking all, every every bit of my findings and i'm alchemically incorporating them into my personality and my life experience to create music with spirit and drift hmm. would you kind of say like consider yourself a scholar of music then yeah i mean even when I listen to music for pleasure, mm. I, I cannot turn off the analytical part of my mind. Like, uh, and my wife can attest, I've been listening. Uh, so I read Rob Halford's autobiography. Mm. Uh, and the last song on Turbo, uh, the song Rest, uh, sorry, Reckless, it was the, say so he went to rehab halfway through recording Turbo. And he came out, he got himself clean, he came back, and Reckless was the first song that he ever attempted to record sober. Mm. And he said he just, I mean, you listen to it, he blew the roof off the place. He was so unsure if he was going to be able to perform without some kind of buzz going. Uh, so I've been obsessed with that song, man. And you can ask my wife, we get in the car, and I put it on, and she's a good sport and everything, but I can tell she's just like, oh, no. Because every second of the song, I'm like, you hear that guitar layer that they just introduced on the second verse? Like, listen to how much different of a vibe that brings in. You know, I'm, I just can't. Even when I'm solely trying to shut my mind off and just headbang to some good metal or whatever, I still, there's a part that's analyzing it and picking it apart, studying what they've done. Um, so, yeah, I... I have a hard time not studying the music that I like. It sounds like openly it's while you, you can have spirit adrift, you maybe want to have a wider skill set over the next 10 years or so by the sound of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm always trying to improve as a musician and just as a person in general. Uh, I've been playing piano since i was three years old i was in piano lessons starting at age three hmm. uh studied music theory for quite a few years uh, i was in competitive choir growing up i started playing guitar at age 13 and then bass shortly after and drums shortly after i played cello in the orchestra um I've played in 29 bands wow. over the years. Yeah, I've toured, and that's only counting bands that have recorded something and put it out or, and or played live in front of an audience. That's not counting like just projects for fun at mm -hmm. home. Um, 
and I, I try to learn and I try to keep an open mind and I, I've made a lot of mistakes musically and uh, from the business perspective and all of that. And I, uh, I try to learn a little bit every day and improve a little bit every day. And I think that, you know, that's why, in my opinion, every Spirit of Drift album that comes out is better than the previous one. I really feel that way. You're growing as an artist, you're learning more, you're picking up more skills each day, I guess. Hopefully, yeah. Well, it's interesting as well because, you know, you can describe the new album as this heavy metal old, so to speak. But then we get to the final track, Reunited in the Void, and it is something of a closer. Now, I was sitting this morning at 6 a.m. I was sitting on a tube train on my way into work, and the album was playing in my headphones, and then I got to that track. And the first thing, obviously, that takes back is go, oh, wow, it's 10 plus minutes long. That's not what I expected. <laughs> but also, not, not quite like anything else on the album. Now, do you consider that risky for this album? I, I know it's not risky in the grand scheme of Spirit Adrift, but for this album alone. Oh, yeah. I love taking risks. Mm. I, in fact, I don't feel good unless I'm doing something that I'm worried about as far as how it's going to be uh, perceived or how it's going. And, and the truth is deep down inside, I don't really care all that much if people like my music or not. I, I'm making music for people like me who, who need it to feel better and to help them get through life. And for people who like the same type of bands that I like. Uh, so if somebody doesn't like it, it's probably not for them and that's fine. So I never worry too much about that, but it was definitely a conscious thing uh, to to shock people and throw people off. It, it just kind of started as like a inside joke to myself. Like when we started, we were a doom band. People called us doom. I think that was fairly accurate, although we had some faster sections and more progressive sections even from the beginning. Uh, and then they said we're not doom, and then people start arguing about it. So I thought it would be funny to make an album that's like pretty aggressive, fast, concise songs. Yeah. Uh, so that everybody thinks they have it figured out. And then with the last one, just hit them with something uh, completely different. And that the good news is that song ended up being really special, really special. I think it's one of the standout songs from our entire catalog. So I'm glad we did it. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you know, my opinion, incredible, incredible effort, absolutely stunning. But it's interesting. Thank you. you um, it's interesting you talk about uh, you being classed as a doom band. One of the things I've noticed about Spirit of Drift is it seems everyone wants to try and pigeonhole you. And I know it's a common theme in the music that you must be slotted into a genre. Uh, <laughs> you must be. But with Spirit of Drift, that seems to be impossible. And I think it might be one of the things that make you quite exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm going to quote uh, my friend George Clark from a band called Death Heaven. Uh, oh. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to very poorly paraphrase, <clears throat> paraphrase what George said. He, he was doing an interview and he brought up the fact that uh, this whole argument has, has been raging on around Death Heaven for years. Are they a black metal band? They are. They're not. They are. They're not. He pointed out we never said we're a black metal band. You guys said that. Yeah. And uh, he said, we just want to be death heaven. You know, all, all of our favorite bands, 
take a band like Opeth. What do you call Opeth? They, all you can say is Opeth. <laughs> right? Um, so we're Spirit Adrift. That's it. And I think we play metal. But I know that a lot of my biggest influences are not metal. And I think those influences work their way into the music as well. But I think it's safe to call us a metal band. And just, just leave it at that. We're Spirit Adrift. We play heavy metal. That's it. If only it was that easy, but yes, I <laughs> Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, earlier, at the start, you touched upon um, the loss of your pet. And like I said, at my deepest sympathies, I know how hard it can be. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I noticed your album art has dogs on the front. Is that on purpose? Yeah, so uh, one of those dogs is Marcus's dog, mm. who passed away in September of last year, right before we went on tour. And the other dog is Lizzie, my dog, uh, who passed away in January. And fortunately, Adam Burke had not yet finished the album art. So I sent him pictures of our dogs and asked that they be included in that cover. Because again, it's, you know, we, we do this band for us um, and, and the fans who need it and, and understand it. But we wanted to make ourselves happy and we thought it would be fucking hilarious and awesome if we made an album that really took off and became like, hopefully became like a classic heavy metal album and our dogs are right there on the cover. We just thought that would be awesome. It is wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. <laughs> Warms my heart, man. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. So uh, getting to the end now, how comfortable are you with the modern requirements of being in a band, the social media aspect, you know, the constant stream of material you need to be putting out there? the ever presence that you need to have online. Is that something you're good with? I fucking hate it. I, I'm, I'm good at it because I have to be, because mm. unfortunately uh, the days of being judged totally on how good your songs are, are long gone. Mm. I don't know that they ever fully existed, but I think it was a little more that case in the seventies for sure. Uh, but yeah, I fucking hate it, man. Nobody is who they say they are on social media. Um, it, it just, it's a shame to me that people's attention span is so short that you just have to beat them over the head constantly just to get the fucking time of day from anyone. But, uh, I, I've been doing less and less of it. Um, and it feels good and the, the band continues to succeed. So I, I almost kind of begin to doubt the, how accurate it is when people say that you have to give them content, 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 you have to have social media, you have to tweet. I'm not so sure that that's true. I think it might still be that at the end of the day, the music is the only thing that matters. And uh, the music is the only thing that matters to me. I fucking hate social media, uh, but I do it because they tell me that I need to. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean on that then the last question for you we've already mentioned the live stream album release show on the 17th was there any kind of trepidation about you doing that because it's become the common thing to do this year and the expectations on what you do in those live streams has risen quite a bit i think well ours is a a lot better than some of these, other, you know, it might not be the level of like what Behemoth did. Oh, God, no. Wow. Uh, but, <laughs> but I'm looking at some of the other live streams uh, from bands that are a lot more popular than we are and Ooh. bands that I really respect. 
and I can honestly say that ours kicks the shit out of a lot of them. Uh, I, I'm not that into it, to be honest, but it is what it is. People need music right now. People need something to lift them up right now and something to look forward to. And we're going to give it to them, man. We're going to keep, keep putting out music and performances and whatever we can to help people get through this. So that's it. I think the next uh, seven to eight days is just a very, very exciting time for Spirit Drift. That on the 17th, new album, on Unlightened in Eternity on October 16th. It's all about Spirit Drift for the next seven to eight days. Hell yeah. Nate, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Carl. I had a blast, man. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on GBHBell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?